Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Dead Air, a horror podcast. Before anything, I would like you guys to please check the description on whatever platform you're listening on and check our affiliate links, because when you shop using our affiliate links, you help this podcast and are supporting this podcast. That is all. So today we have a very, very special guest because he is not only a lawyer, not only a human rights advocate. He is also the latest TikTok star <laughs> who I've been following. Ladies and yes. gentlemen, we have attorney Shell Jokno. Hello, attorney. Yeah. Hey. Hello, it's great to be here. Thank you, attorney, thank for you coming so on much. our pod. Yes, uh, yeah, thank I you have so much. no idea how we got the attorney to get to, to get on. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what we did, but <laughs> what an absolute honor. <laughs> yes. So, attorney, yes, we usually ask our guests first up. Uh, what is your origin, your horror origin? My, yes. Maybe we should introduce ourselves to Shell. This, 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 this is a fun, fun part. I was just so excited. Yeah, I know. I guess I should go first. I'm Miguel. At the beginning, when we started this podcast, like early in the, the pandemic, I was the scaredy cat, the guy who liked movies but was afraid of horror. But now I can say I've grown comfortable with horror. That's my character development during the pandemic. Yeah, and I'm the I'm the one who enjoys horror for the thrill of it. Uh, I like having fun watching it with my friends, but I'm not the one who went to film school. So when it comes to the very technical dissection of the themes and subtexts of each film, I don't really have anything to contribute, which is why we have... This guy. <laughs> this, this guy. guy. <laughs> you too, Miguel, by the way. <laughs> you went to film school. Anyway, so hi, attorney. My name is Chris. Uh, um, in in terms of character development, I'm the exact opposite of Miguel. I uh, I am I'm the big horror fan. So I was the one who kind of roped in uh, these two people to, to 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 start this podcast. So I'm I'm the obsessed one, while uh, Miguel was the scaredy cat, and Aaron was somewhere in between. But now actually we've kind of uh, I think Even we're kind, our Venn diagrams have kind of you know slowly become one <laughs> because of this just, uh, podcast. And it's not just that I got Manhida to horror. I kind of enjoy it now and super, I find the value in it as a genre. It's so fun. <laughs> I can watch horror movies alone now. <laughs> and you live alone, and which I live makes alone. you and even I, braver. Thank you, Aaron. Sometimes I even turn up the volume. <laughs> wow. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. So here, let's, let's go to where I excitedly started off. So, attorney, uh, we're going to be asking you of uh, your horror origin. So, what was the first thing that made you like horror? Was it uh, superstition, stories, books, or movies? Anything that started your interest in horror? Well, you know, I'm I'm an avid reader. Ever since I was a child, I, I really lived in in a house that was full of books. And I first got exposed to horror stories through books. Uh, I got acquainted with, of course, Stephen King, Peter Straub, uh, Clive Barker, the older books, the stories of H.P. Lovecraft. And, and they really fascinated me. They, they really triggered my imagination. So that plus science fiction and fantasy were really what I would read uh, almost on a daily basis uh, at home. Do you guys see uh, people on the podcast who won't, won't see my face, but my, my smile was getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah. Every every name that the uh, attorney mentioned, I was like, Stephen King, smile, Peter Straub, oh my God, H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> this is incredible. So unexpected. <laughs> yeah, and, and from there, you know, it just expanded. Um, I started reading all sorts of books, uh, anything I could grab on uh, that genre, especially when it comes to horror. Right nowadays, I watch a lot of zombie movies. I watch, uh, <laughs> uh, I watch a lot of, of anything that has that 
the element of um, good versus evil or um, the unknown. Uh, you know, you know, my line of work as a lawyer, things get so serious, so abstract, you know, when you argue before the courts. So I really need a different kind of outlet when I'm not anymore a lawyer. I'm just relaxing at home. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, and I, I like the horror. I know. I know. <laughs> we were all about the same exact same yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's Chris, basically. Yeah, that's Chris. Chris. Yeah, basically that's Watches Chris. only horror, so <laughs> yes. that's nice. For relaxation, indeed. Yeah. For relaxation, <laughs> absolutely. The, the the minute you realize that it's just all make believe, then it's just it's just fun. You you realize the genre is just really fun. Yeah. Which is why I really enjoyed the movie that you chose. Um, so can can you let us know, let the listeners know what movie you chose and why you chose it? Okay, I, I chose uh, the movie It by Stephen King. I had first read that uh, the book um, long time ago. I vaguely, vaguely remember seeing the TV series that came out of the, the movie. And then I watched the in the movie house uh, the movie It when it came out in 2017. And the, you know, the, there's a recurring theme I think in, in Stephen King books about childhood, about um, um, good versus evil. That that really I don't know. It resonates in me. And when I first started watching that movie, it reminded me of the um, the story by Ray Bradbury, uh, something wicked this way comes, which is similar, right? You know, where you have a circus come to town, the, the, that sort of thing. And um, it intrigued me. I, I had fun watching the movie. Yeah, actually, um, I was one of those people that saw both. I saw uh, the first one when it came out in the 90s. And I was a child. And I remember being really scared already. And then when I saw the remake in 2017, which I watched by myself, <laughs> it was it did a good job. I felt like it did justice because I really enjoyed the TV movie. Did you end up ever seeing that one, Attorney? The original I, one? Yes, but it's been so long. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't really remember much of it. Right. Right, right. I think it did justice to it. Really. I'm, it this is going to be a fun discussion, I think, because there's there's so many things we can talk about. Uh, we can talk about the book. We can talk about the TV movie. We can talk about the fact that this is Miguel's first uh, introduction to, to it. Yep. Uh, wh whereas oh. the three of us really uh, have kind of have backgrounds on the story. So I've never read the book, and I just know that there's an evil clown in it, and this is what I've heard. And then. But I kind of am aware of the basic premise. Now. So wait, this is the part where I try to summarize the movie for our audience, yes. right? Given sure. in, the, in the past, attorney, they'd make me summarize movies because they didn't trust me with actually watching the movie we're supposed to watch. But I just wanna, so this, this is I, our test for, yeah, for him. Yeah, which I've kind of taken on wholeheartedly nowadays. That's my job for this pod. So, first of all, I tried streaming both movies, it and then, because I knew that they were based on one book. So, I kind of tried it and then it, and then I knew it was, it was after that was the sequel. Uh, what's the title of the sequel again? Uh, um, it's on. It, the next chapter. Yes. Chapter yeah, two, yeah. I, I was going to say It Follows. It's a different movie altogether. But, <laughs> so, chapter two. And I think I saw both and I think I tried this thing of doing forwarding to some parts. And this is the part where we mentioned how we actually saw it or one, one of the options available to us Chris. Yes, yes. so out there on the internet also there's a book edit like a good like a fan made the effort of editing the two movies so that it kind of flowed like the book is what I assume it is and the fan does a good job of doing a parallel run between the, the older kids sorry the adults and the younger kids in what is the past so he kind of bridged the 27 year gap and made it mm -hmm. flow into this one whole thing so for context uh, the first movie is follows uh, uh, the kids the, the storyline of the kids yeah, the kids alone. The second movie start, follows the story 27 years after, and it's a reunion of the kids now all grown up, um, and they they're they're back to fight the the big uh, big monster. The book is uh, structured in a way that we always jump from the past to present time. So in the book, it's 1957, and then we jump to the 80s, back and forth, back and forth. So it the storyline kind of is is parallel all the way up to the climax. In the movie, it's 1989, 1989 plus 27. No. Yeah. So current Plus, day. Um, yeah, 2016, exactly. Yeah. Yes. 
So the book edit is uh, basically a fan took both movies and edited it like it was in the book. Yeah. So like it would jump from past to, f- to present, past to present, all the way up to the very end. So it's a very uh, interesting way of, of watching it, basically. And um, wow, what a pandemic project! He had time. <laughs> he had yeah. time. Yeah. But but continue your your summary, Miguel, because we'd like to for you to streamline. What the story is about. So it's a bunch of kids uh, who live in a town called Deary, and we find out that the town of Deary is cursed. Like every X number of years, a bunch of kids uh, go missing and are never found again. And it kind of harkens back to uh, a history in the town, like parang even to the time of I think the Native American Indians, and even before that, parang nangyayari na tong phenomenon of kids missing. Like it's a bad town to be in if you're children, and and there's like a murderous streak like throughout the, like in the town's people also. So there's this barcade of kids and then they, there's like around four or five core kids and they become friends with an African-American kid and they become friends with a lone girl from school. They're all schoolmates and they're called the losers. And all of them are haunted by something. Uh, eventually, it's the creature it who, is, who manifests itself in a clown that is behind all the hauntings. But each of them have a fear or a past or a little thing in their heart that kind of eats them up from the inside. So that's the premise of the horror, like how they confront their fear and how they quote-unquote defeat it, the clown. But at the same time, what I love about this, I guess, the book, which I now want to read, is that it, since they're kids, it's also a bit of a summer coming-of-age thing. So they kind of also find out who they are and who they are to each other as they go on this really, really horrifying adventure. Wow. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, attorney, uh, how would you rate that summary? <laughs> how many stars? How many stars? <laughs> or, or if I were a student, what would be my grade? <laughs> yes. Well, definitely you'd pass. I'd probably give you something like uh, an 85 or something I'll, like that. I'll take it. That's huh? my average. That's, that's great. That's not great. Bad, not bad. Bad. That's higher than my actual college average. Great. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Amart. <laughs> um, um, so, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed your, your summary, Miguel. Uh, I also like how, how you ended on on the fact that uh, you, you enjoyed there was a coming of age uh, thing, right? Um, yes. Because like Attorney said earlier on, it's, it's a recurring theme in Stephen King's books. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's this theme that makes me, made me an extreme Stephen King fan. I love coming of age stories and he does it so well. Uh, he did it in, you know, um, The Body, which was turned into uh, the film Stand By Me. Incredible movie about, again, group of kids on the cusp of adulthood um, confronting, you know, actual horror um, stuff like that. So he does that so well, um, and that's one of my favorite parts of uh, of, uh, of uh, Stephen King's writing. Um, so, uh, Attorney, uh, you said that uh, you know you grew up on Stephen King. Uh, I'm 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 really amazed by by that. Uh, it's it's uh it's a uh, it's it's so well number on a number of things. Uh, like I'm such a big fan. So whenever I find another fan, I I, I find so much like uh, like I just want to talk about everything, you know. And <laughs> secondly, also it's uh, I'm really surprised that uh, that this would be something that uh, you'd really enjoy. Um, were you a fan? of Stephen King are you caught up with his uh, more recent work I'm more familiar with his older work I grew up reading or watching you know Carrie Christine uh, The Stand which is one of my favorite books I I love the unabridged version of The Stand I've read that book a number of times among others I I like the way Stephen King writes Um, maybe this time is also another good time to plug uh, the incredible service called Shopee which you guys Guys do not know have an amazing first edition uh, market of Stephen King books. Oh, oh like first edition. You can use like... our link, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> to buy wow. these books on these are These are uh, first editions, 1970, like falling apart hardcovers. Uh, I, I just discovered, I just, I don't know, I don't know. I just, uh, I just typed in Stephen King one day. I saw this like it's an it's a massive list, and so okay. I basically redid my entire collection with uh, first edition hardcovers. Attorney, what was your experience like watching the movie after having read the books? Because I also know that there are a lot of details in the books that were 
too much for the movie, which is why they just omitted it. But how do you feel they did justice to the movie? I think they did a pretty good job. There were some parts that were, you know, nakakagulat talaga. Um, by, by the time I had watched the movie, I had pretty much forgotten what was in the book. It was only as I was watching the movie that I was remembering what was in the book. And it, it was, I, I, I got to see even the, the chapter two, but you know, I really enjoyed the first one more than the mm. second one. Mm. Parang mas maraming thrills was more exciting than, than the second one. And the charm of the kids, I think, see. also. Yeah. yeah. The kids were so good. They were really, really good there. A lot of them are really doing well as actors now. Like parang they've progressed to more, to bigger roles. Like the Stranger Things kid. Uh, mm-hmm. One of, one of those kids in, is in Shazam. He's really good at it. Parang, parang, it just became, parang, I don't know if they were famous before that, but it sort of became their springboard for their career also. Kite na 2017 yeah. lang yun. Yeah. Same thing yeah. for the original, uh, original oh. ones. I think those kids, like Jonathan Brandis. Jonathan was Brandis there. was in it, yeah. 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 So I really enjoyed that also. But this one was really, I remember leaving the theater really, really happy. Did you see it in the theater? Yes, uh, yes. I did, yes. I saw it in the movie house, yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, because um, like for me, like this is exactly what, why we started this conversation, Miguel, about the book edit. Is because yeah. I felt the second movie, because it lost so much charm, because the kids yeah. were barely there. Um, yeah. Um, you know, you know, I that's why the first movie really worked for me because all the kids were so incredible. Mm. Uh, they're so good, and then you know, just the contrast between them and this terrifying clown is just so big. Um, and uh, so, and it loses a lot of that uh, magic in the second film. That's why I, I felt. The, the book had really kind of made up for it. I kind of, I kind of lean that way also. Siguro kasi for me nga, di ba kanina in my summary, parang I mentioned na there's a bit of a coming of age element to it. And now that you see them as adults, that element is gone. And parang, and it's true na parang they're less interesting as adults. Parang they're more interesting as kids. And I don't know, parang, and it's a summer, parang it was during their, well, there was school pala. School ended. So parang, I love that subgenre of summer and kids in a small idyllic town in America and then things go wrong. Parang type yun. Versus, versus. <laughs> really specific. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, like jaw, something really goes bad during the summer. But be, parang as adults, parang hindi nga sila ganun ka interesting ata. Like, nawala nga yung charm. And I think it doesn't help na major plot point na once you leave town and become an adult, you kind of forget pala the past. Parang they kind of forgot. It, it's only when they got back to town na nagbalikan lahat ng trauma nila, di ba? So, yeah, I skew towards so the first... I haven't seen the second movie oh, sorry. yet, oh, but oh, sorry. it's okay. <laughs> sorry, Aaron. It's okay. Well, they just I come back to town. Now. They just come back I to know. town. I know. <laughs> so, attorney, were there any parts of the movie that were particularly scary for you? Anything that you remember? Well, I think to- towards the, the climax, uh, the parts where they went to really hunt him and then he started to really play on their fears. Uh, what The part I remember is where he, uh, the clown took on the persona of the, the of Georgie, the, the younger brother mm-hmm. of Bill, who yeah. was killed. Yeah. And those parts were scary. I think also also the all the all the uh, imagery of children being harmed also was really really disturbing. That's why it's it's a really honestly it's a it's a powerful film. Um, it's shocking also being a father yourself myself. Mm. Um, and then like for me see, and there's a lot of violence done to children in this movie. It's a it's a it it really uh worked hard for that R rating. You know what I mean. I was gonna ask you, like, uh, is the movie a sort of slightly watered down version of the violence or dust or any other form of violence in the book? As a non-book reader, meron po bang mga nag- like, did they kind of gloss over some stuff or kind of make it more palatable? I'm asking everyone. Oh, yes. Who's read the book? Who's read uh, the book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't read the book, but there was that whole issue when, when the first it came out about how, how they were, um, um, so close that they were, yeah, all the children okay. being uh, very close. Yeah. So okay. that was one of the issues. Yeah, the book that, is definitely yeah. uh, a lot more uh, shocking than the movie. <laughs> Let's just yeah. put it that way. Okay, okay. But, uh, but yeah. I have another question for Attorney. Attorney, you mentioned in the beginning, like one of the things that appealed to you about the movie was parang meron silang labanan of good versus evil. Is that a sort of theme that you favor like when you look when you look at literature or when you look at movies? Is that a theme na parang hinahanap-hanap nila? I, I really admire how some authors can, can weave great stories around that theme. For example, when you look at The Lord of the Rings, ganun din naman yun. When you break it down, it's really a story of, of good. This is evil. It's the story of how evil was so strong, and yet these 
few people, a few, you know, what, you know, I would call it not all people, but uh, um, got together and, and were able to defeat it. Uh, you see a similar thing when you look at The Stand, uh, the movie of Stephen King, where again, you have like a post-apocalyptic scene and you have good, good people on one side and, and uh, evil people on the other side. And I like how some authors can weave, um, you know, the drama, the lives of people and, and put it in and yet have that underlying theme of, of good versus evil. I guess it resonates with me because of the work I do. Yeah. As, as a human rights lawyer, as a lawyer in general, yeah. you, know, you have, it's it's black or white. You win a case or you lose it. There's there's no in between. So that 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 kind of story yes. really sticks with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Is Lord of the Rings also on the table? Just kidding. <laughs> I, I can talk about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I find it kind of fascinating, uh, attorney, that, uh, you know, you as a human rights lawyer, uh, you, you actually watch these uh, scary films to just kind of decompress because uh, <laughs> real life, I mean, let's be honest, real life is just scarier. I mean, yeah. there's no there's no, no way, way around it. I mean, all of this is just make-believe. But uh, I mean, especially in your line of work, you know, uh, it's, uh, it must be, it, this really must be nothing to you, uh, you know, a psychotic <laughs> clown. <laughs> a psychotic clown from space is nothing compared to the real evil that lurks no, in the hearts okay, of men. I do, I do have a little bit of a. I I don't like that Pennywise was a space spider. <laughs> Even as a child, I remember as a child thinking, wow, this movie is so scary. There was even this one scene. If you remember in the 2017 It, what happened in Beverly's bathroom with the blood, it was it was yeah. all over the place, right? In yeah. the bathroom. In the original TV movie, I found it scarier because it was just enough blood going coming up from the drain. Mm. It wasn't the whole bathroom. So there were certain mm. images that really stuck in my mm. head from the first TV movie. Anyway, so so there. I was just saying that scene was so good and I remember so many really pivotal points in the movies. But then at the end, he's a space spider. I felt Il- very Il- down Il- by Il- that. <laughs> Stephen yeah. King has had many great endings, and this for me was not. <laughs> oh. Well, that's the that's the running joke is Stephen King writes a great story, but he falters in the end. That's why the character of Bill um, he, he makes that joke. The, uh, the, the author, he yeah. he constantly they always tell him that uh, your movie was great, but your ending was bad. So he's yeah, he's kind of the stand-in for Stephen King. Oh, yeah, he gets that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Long. Actually, also a really really quick trivia. Um, if if uh, Pennywise the clown is basically a Lovecraftian kind of evil thing from space, right? Um, okay. And he feeds on fear. So he feeds on emotion. Uh, that's okay. what makes him stronger. That's how. That's what sustains him. If and we all know that Stephen King's worlds are kind of uh, interconnected. A lot of his stories are interconnected. If you've seen the the excellent HBO show called The Outsider, um, the the monster there is is another uh, monster that feeds on emotion, but he feeds on sadness. So there's a there's a there's a there's a theory actually uh, from the same race as uh, anyway. Uh, they, they're monsters that feed on emotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, stupid trivia. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Attorney, if Pennywise were to feed on your fear, what would that Ooh. fear be? Ooh, <laughs> great wow. question. I oh, actually wow. thought that's where you were going, Chris. I was like, oh, Chris is. <laughs> yes, no, right. you're right. That's exactly amazing. where I was going. Yes, you read my mind. <laughs> and then yes, you thank stopped. You. So I, you know, I was just like, I will continue Chris's thought. But yes, <laughs> what would your fear be? Well, I think it's it's the fear that uh, most of us have, you know, um, of um, ghosts, fear of, of the unknown. Uh, those are the things that sometimes uh, get to me. Uh, as a uh, as someone who's reached already the age of uh, seniority, you know, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to bother me before. But um, these are the things that I, I think we're all, we're all susceptible to, to those types of fear. And yeah. it, um, what's nice, I think, about watching horror movies is it gives you a way of facing your fear in, a, in, a, in an environment where it's controlled. Yeah. And you know, it's make-believe, so it's easier to deal with. Yeah. That is uh, so true. <laughs> Pennywise would just put me on top of Empire State Building, and then that's uh, that 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 would be that would be how he uh, defeats me. <laughs> Fear of heights. Fear of heights. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder what mine would be. I guess the usual death. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he'll he'll kill you with death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then done. Yeah. In the movie, I unang ano victim para. How about you, Aaron? You know, I I was just thinking of it now. I don't know. Also, I don't know what I'm scared. I I am like like attorney. I'm I'm also scared of the supernatural, definitely. And growing up here in the Philippines, we have some scary things on Magandang Gabi Bayan Halloween special. Yeah. So when I'd hear about you know you smell if you smell tobacco, then one day I'd smell tobacco and I'd freak <laughs> out because So things like that. Yes, I, definitely. If you showed me a swang, any type, manananggal, wala na. That's my fear. That's, I'm out. <laughs> Just seeing it, I'll, I'll already be gone. Attorney, um, is there a big uh, movie watching um, habit in your family? Because I know your son is a, is a film director. Um, is this something that has, is this part of your culture as a, in, in your family? Do you, do you watch films a lot? Yes. Uh, and if you do, do you watch horror a lot with your family? <laughs> I, I actually saw it with my kids. Oh, great. And we have, before the lockdown, we really used to watch movies um, regularly. Uh, oh. And our one of our favorite pastimes when we would go out of town is um, Pepe, my son, would bring some films. We'd go, you know, attach yeah. it to the TV and watch it. I, I saw Parasite with him. I saw uh, oh. lots of other good movies um, with my kids. Love it. Does, uh, does everybody share the same affinity for horror or scary movies? Or or can you no. genre? Yeah. Kanya kanya. Okay. So when when one of my kids brings out their own film, it's different. And even Pepe's films, the the, the films that he shows, uh, vary from time to time. Sure, interesting. Love it. And I know that you you do love horror, but if you were to choose, would horror be your default to show the family? If you were to choose um, a genre, uh, well, I I watch uh, so many different kinds of, of films. I, I love watching documentaries as well. Oh. I, I watch. Um, some comedy, um, some drama, but basically, I guess you could say that my default is either sci-fi or fantasy or horror. It's one of those. Yeah. Well, uh, those are those are the top uh, escapism uh, genres. Actually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Uh, that, that's that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, uh, would would you know if uh, Pepe would ever want to do a horror film, a, a hardcore horror film, uh, <laughs> attorney? <laughs> I've never asked him. I, I, I should. I should. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be pretty interesting. Um, about sci-fi, uh, it seems uh, you're very uh, you're very uh, genre friendly. Um, yeah. I'm jumping from really quickly from horror to sci-fi what are the uh the, the the great sci-fi classics that you that you appreciate oh a lot um i like the books of alfred bester i read a lot when i was younger i read a lot of robert einlein and uh, isaac asimov mm -hmm. uh the, the typical known sci-fi writers i guess um after that you know my, my taste in in books has really evolved over time mm. in, in the last decade probably i read more a lot more mystery and uh, detective uh, fiction. <laughs> These are all our favorite genre. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, detectives. <laughs> Let me pull out my library. <laughs> Who's your favorite author, <laughs> detective-wise? <laughs> but I'm uh, yeah. There is so you know. Oh, I I appreciate good writing, and to me, the 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 medium they choose really doesn't matter as long as the writing is is done well. So there are. Uh, some authors, for example, um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, um, James Crumley. He's mm -hmm. one of these hard-boiled uh, detective mm -hmm. uh, writers, very uh, graphic types of, of um, novels, but he's a really good writer. There's another guy, uh, also not very well-known, um, Elliot Pattison, who writes about um, uh, a detective in Tibet during the China, at the time when the China Ooh, had already occupied. So it's a very interesting uh, setting. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's uh, next on my shopping list. Let's see if uh, they have that somewhere here. I'll get a first edition. Elliot <laughs> <laughs> Pattison, yon. That looks so wow. good. You, yeah. you found it, Miguel? Yeah. Are you like, ready to uh, order? No. <laughs> Yes. So you guys do this every week? You have a weekly podcast? Well, the actual recording happens uh, more than once a week sometimes. There are times also when we go through a bit of recordings and we kind of rest for a couple of weeks also. During the, at the beginning, at the start of the pandemic, well, when we started doing the podcast, 
after the pandemic started. Parang weekly kami nag-record. It was our way of also hanging out virtually. And coping. And at the end, coping, yeah. Yeah. This was okay. our escapism. Yes. <laughs> okay. True. And the, the great thing about it, Fern, is you really... You'd be surprised at the people who like horror. It's yeah. uh, it's very very surprising. Um, um, we've had people on like uh, you know Jasmine Curtis is is a big fan. Uh, uh, musician Ellie Buendia is a very big fan. So it's it's very very interesting. Uh, we find and it's also guests- interesting to see who don't. And yes. we've had a lot of guests who don't like horror, mm-hmm. and then we discuss a movie that horrified them <laughs> to the point of not watching horror movies anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then, it's just the best part is meeting these people, meeting everyone. It's a mi- mixed bag. And for me, parang the exposure to, like, you know, like since I'm horror averse, in the beginning, I just thought horror was like monsters or psychological, but parang the genre is so wide. And I'm very happy with the exposure I got. Even from the Asian horror that other people made us watch, through, you know, it, I'm very happy. It's scary. Yeah. Okay, let's. Uh... It's, uh, that warms my heart, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Now, usually, um, um, uh, attorney, uh, how we kind of segue away from the, you know, from from fictional horror to real life horror. Uh, we started this podcast uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, it, I, as we said earlier, it's uh, it was kind of our way to to cope um, way back in um, May May of last year. Last year, y- yes, I yeah. So, so uh, we we'd love to hear um, how 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 you got through uh, the past year, uh, attorney, um, coping Have with you done the lockdown. Did you do anything new? How has your Take life changed since then? We love to hear all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I picked up a couple of domestic skills like uh, taking care of plants, uh, learn, learning how to cook a bit, uh, a bit lang. Me also. <laughs> What's your go-to dish now, Attorney? That your pandemic dish? Uh-huh. Cauliflower rice. <laughs> Very healthy. healthy. Very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's like a triple burger, bacon smothered with cheese. <laughs> The exact uh, opposite. Mine's the banana bread. I'm sort of kind of perfected that. <laughs> so lame. Nah. But, uh, it's so easy. Guys, when this is all over, we go to the potluck, I'll bring banana bread because it's my, it's my thing now. Yeah. <laughs> not even not, not even sourdough because that's a bit hard yet if you make sourdough bread. I can do a banana bread. <laughs> I also got into plants, attorney, but then I gave up because <laughs> <laughs> there was a time, I think, early this year, early last year. So I started getting into plants and I was really uh-huh. into it. Yung, yung kinakain kong prutas, I'll get the seeds and I'll germinate it. and I'll, like I got that deep into planting. And then that summer was so hot that all the plants died. Uh-huh. And after that, I didn't want to do it anymore. Have you killed plants, Attorney? <laughs> well, I, I'm very happy to say that uh, most of the plants I've uh, taken care of have lived. <laughs> and, you I'm know, so jealous. I, I have this uh, very good relationship with, with the birds in, in my area. Oh. They've, gift, they've, they've gifted me with a couple of plants um, that I have managed to grow. Oh, you know, when, wow. I, when, when I was a kid, I, I, I had an affinity to... Aratilis uh, tree. Oh, where are those? Yeah. Because near, near our house, there was an Aratilis tree where I used to climb, which I used to climb and, and eat the fruits. So for for the longest time, I, I would, you know, I wanted to grow an Aratilis tree. And one time, many years ago, I even asked in some garden shop and they said, Ay, ano po yan, eh, wild yan, hindi naman yan pwedeng, you know, you cultivate. Mm. Then one day, I was... Uh, Tending to my plants here, and I saw what what looked like a small rattlesnake tree, you know, just a sapling. And I said, I wonder where this came from. And when I asked a friend, it turned out that it really was a, a rattlesnake tree. So I, I transplanted it, put it in a pot, and now it's like five feet tall. It's it it bears fruit. I actually have fruits from from my tree. And just the other day, in another of my pots, I saw another one. Mm-hmm. So I suspect it, it comes from the birds. They, they, they yeah, for sure. Around, you know. And so, uh, yeah, I, I have uh, a number of, of nice plants here. So basically, Aaron, uh, attorney is the exact opposite of you. <laughs> you you kill the trees. <laughs> That's okay. Attorney raises them to... <laughs> well, I gave up on them. 
No, in the beginning, I, I had some, I had a hard time with some plants, but now we were on very good terms. So, <laughs> friends, na. friends, na kami, friends. Do you talk to them? Yes, yes, yes I, I do. do. Oh, okay. So that's what stopped me from getting into because I heard now you had to talk to them, and then and then I and then it, it, it just felt strange because I live alone and then I didn't I, I didn't I didn't know if it was gonna be healthy for me to talk to. Pero parang in hindsight, it could have been healthier if I had talked. Actually, to Actually, it could have been healthy for you, Miguel. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. For your mental health, I know it could have helped. My brother also does well with plants. my mom and my brother they do well with plants. So and then authority brought up the arateris. That's like a fruit from my childhood. Arateris and gamias. I grew up in a neighborhood where we had those trees, and literally it was so idyllic. Parang pipitas kalan talaga. It was your merienda na, and it was really fun being able to figure out what arateris was ripe, ano pa yung hilaw, kasi mapakla pag hilaw, and then matamis pag. And then now I can't find that where I live now. I'm, I live in the middle of the city, and I can't find an arateris tree anymore. So I want. I wonder if they grow in places where in there's more room. Parang hindi siya uso sa city eh. Hindi ko siya makita dito sa Makati. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough ground. I guess. That's, a, I that's one of the, my favorite things. Of, well, not favorite things, but one of the positive things that have have, uh, have uh, come from the pandemic is really, uh, you know, I discovered more of nature. I uh, I grew up in, um, in uh, Mindanao, uh, attorney. Um, so o- over the past year, we uh, we spent a lot of time in my my the place where we grew up in Cagindoro, and uh, yeah. you know, it, uh, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. it was really just yeah. amazing, just reconnecting with everything. My mom has a really fantastic farm. Oh, um, great. Just a, I mean, like I mean, I sound like such a a, a cliche about like like a pito, <laughs> but like it's, it's okay. The fresh air, <laughs> yeah. the the trees. It was like, why do I want to go back to Manila again? I'm not sure why. Like you sound now, like a... I can work from home. I mean, I can work from here. My internet's fine. You sound like a middle aged guy, and that's what you are. And it's cool. I'm, I, that's what I am. <laughs> 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 I have really grown into my 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 age. Miguel. Yeah, I know. I guess, sorry, like when I talked about plants and I should have been talking to them, but uh, I think, I guess mental health is a thing that we're all dealing with also during this pandemic. I think when I say I bake banana bread, that was more for my mental health also. Like I got into coffee and banana bread. So these are very, you know, you, you kind of you, you get into a, a process when you make these things. Uh, attorney, aside from getting into your plantito face, are there other ways you can, you've can? you also discovered that you like doing to just take care of your mind during this uh, whole pandemic? Well, I've done a lot of biking. I love biking and okay. uh, even birding I started getting. You know, attorney, I think, I think you're these two want to be your life friends. <laughs> you can go biking. It's too much. The interest You can go biking too... and read Stephen King. I love it. <laughs> I talk about sci-fi. Oh my God. Anyway, sorry, Attorney, you were saying, uh, do you combine birding and biking in, in one go? Oh, Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. But generally, it's just around the city. Once in a while, we, we go out of town when, when you can, you know, when there's yeah. no uh, ECQ. Yeah. Although my, my sport of choice, I love playing badminton. That's really my sport. Oh. And whenever I have a chance, that's the first thing I'll do is play. In a, is it yeah. Bawal now? Yeah. It is, it's, it's one of the listed yeah. things. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Damn. It's indoor because But I'm also slightly annoyed na. They also ban outdoor exercise. It was one of the things that was keeping me slightly more sane. Anyway, yes. yeah, keeping me sane—that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Attorney, I I have a question. Go for it. <laughs> so, so I follow you on TikTok. Yes. Okay. We're, there, you, we're there. We're there. We watch because this. we do watch. And what what made you decide to join TikTok? Because a lot of people are very resistant to it, uh, mm. myself included, in the beginning. But, but she's a star. You're, no, no, man. But you're you're doing the memes so well, and you know <laughs> yeah, what made you decide? So what made you decide to get on TikTok? You know, uh, in, any medium available that will get me to get my message across is uh, something that's there, and, and it's a waste mm. to. Do not use it. So when when yeah. I saw TikTok, uh, you know, it took a go. Why not? I mean, this is some lot of young people really watch it, and yeah, fact, I am surprised that, that the people who watch it come up to me and say, "Oh, I saw you on TikTok." Even my <laughs> students, some of them, 
tell me that. <laughs> but it, it's it's um, it's a creative way of of getting a message across, and it's a challenge to me as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That way. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask attorney like, uh, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but did you have to ask your kids how to do it? Like, because even me, as a forty-year-old dude, but when, when I look at TikTok, I can't imagine beginning how to like making one. I, I'm I'm happy to watch it. I find it super educational. It's super funny, but I'd be super intimidated to make my own first TikTok video. Like, how do you? Did you? Were you? Were you unnatural? You look at it like I can do this. <laughs> or did oh, you no. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah. I have an advantage because of my kids. Ah. Um, of course, aside from my eldest, uh, Pepe, who's really into <laughs> film, and yeah. my my other kids are, are really good in in social media and online. Okay. Uh, they they're the ones who guide me. Really. That's great. I will look, I will look at tutorials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a dancing TikTok. I want to be an informative TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's also, that's also what I told my kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the fact that it was actually an option for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dad, dancing. Dad, you want to do dancing? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Let's stick to the informative side. A lot of people, especially people our age, Chris, TikTok, it's just people dancing, but it's super educational. Like, like people, really talk about, it talk, people talk about plants, people talk about urban planning. It's so smart. And then, parang galing ng, parang kita mo na the kids nowadays, like, I can't believe I said that, kids nowadays, parang they're, they're gifted communicators, parang to be able to utilize the medium. Incredible. It's, 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 it's incredible. I'm a big fan. Yeah, it's of, incredible. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Anyway, yeah. sorry. I, I went on. Do you spend a lot of time on the app, attorney? Not really. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask you if there was anything that you have seen on TikTok that you particularly like. Oh, I, I have seen a lot. Uh, even nakakaaliw naman talaga. Uh, yes. Sometimes I, I get ideas, you know, and I say, "Oh, that's nice." Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's I I I tend to surf um, from time to time, and I, I go on different platforms. So whatever I see that interests me, I, I talk to my kids about it. What's your what's your the very random question? What's your favorite social media platform? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was going to ask that also. Like, <laughs> we were all there. Uh, we were all there. Are you a Facebook person? Uh, Instagram? You, for no, Twitter? no, not exactly. I guess I guess Twitter, but yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I suppose yeah. I'd say it's, yeah. it's Twitter. Yeah. yeah. For information That's, and yeah. speed of information, I'm definitely Twitter. Yeah, like even my news now is my like you just yeah. follow the news out a journalist. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I get most of my information through Twitter. Verified sources, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Always check your sources, people. <laughs> oh. Be wary of sharing fake news. <laughs> uh, is Twitter a little crazy though? That's why I'm not on Twitter because I know it gets a little too much, and it's all words. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's when, it's a, when you attack with with all caps, it's it's too overwhelming for me. That's why my Twitter, I only follow pop stars. Like <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else I follow elsewhere. But Twitter, no. You don't sure. even know my handle, I think. Like, I, I find Facebook is the more toxic, toxic environment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's like, uh, for me, Facebook, it's, it's like, you, know, you feel like it's just uh, there's just no hope sometimes <laughs> you're just like fighting a never ending battle on Facebook <laughs> that's what I feel anyway um, so maybe maybe we should all move to TikTok <laughs> there's there's a oh, there's also an area of tiktok that's all like that i think also oh, yeah. platforms. i mean yeah I'm it's sure. inevitable yeah. Yeah. So do you deal, i i'm i am sure you deal with a lot of yes. those social media just trolls and and everything how do you how do you manage to handle it with such grace because even your clap back on your tiktok it is just ah <laughs> So I good. I said, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so how are you able to deal with that? Um, on do you do it on your own? Like, or do you just not mind any of it? Good question. Part of it is my my own experience. Uh, you know, I, I've been a trial lawyer for thirty years. So we have a saying among trial lawyers na bawal mapikon. So dala And then the other aspect of it, I think, is that um, I I t- just tend to ignore it because I know where it's coming from. Yeah. I know I know that it's uh, designed to provoke. So the best way, the they say, is don't engage. And and that I, I 
follow that. That's very smart. Mm, yeah, it's, it's very smart. Chris, sometimes so it's just so tempting. It's you know, mature, it's yeah. so tempting sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really have to bite my tongue several times a day. I'm like, no, don't engage, don't engage. <laughs> and then the second I do, I always regret it. Whenever I do engage, I always regret it. <laughs> Especially in the live feed, live news, um, people just commenting on live news. Before you just kind of wanna, oh, I man. want to reply to this person, but I don't anymore. <laughs> it takes maturity to do that. It, it really does. Uh, so uh, yeah, so Miguel, you and I would not cut. Sure, but yeah, as trial lawyers, let's just uh, let's uh, let's be clear yeah. about that. <laughs> well, first of all, we wouldn't we, we wouldn't make it past law school anyway. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> attorney. You're right. I have, a, attorney, I have a bit of a serious question though. Like like we know how you know it feels like, and I guess this is related to horror. If you want to force it, like society has kind of become very. I mean, I know there are bright spots in the world, but there are also a lot of dark spots where we've become we've turned on each other, or you know we've become trolls online and sometimes in real life people are really behaving badly or not being good to their uh, do you feel do you feel hopeful in other words do you feel that we can turn ourselves around or do you feel that I don't know. Hopeless. I guess that's my question. How do you feel about this thing? Uh, parang, which is, it seems like a worldwide phenomenon of people being awful to each other. Well, um, one thing about me is I, I grew up during martial law. I was 11 years old when, when Marcos declared martial law and I was 25 when, when they left the palace. So basically, my entire childhood and teenager life was under dictatorship. And in the beginning, when I was young and, and my dad was in jail, you know, he was put in jail for two years without any charges. I had pretty much lost hope. Nobody was, was saying anything. Everybody was scared. But over as the, as the years, uh, you know, as time elapsed, um, more and more people started to, to stand up and eventually ended up with EDSA. Uh, that made me realize that there is always hope. Uh, when when you think that things are really dark, uh, you, there's no darkness without any. The, you, you can't have darkness without light. So they they have. It's a dualism in in a reality, and it just happens that when you're in a situation that seems hopeless, if you look at it from another perspective, it's just a phase that will pass. Mm. And that's what I experienced in my life during that time. And I know it's gonna pass again. So when, when we we sometimes when you you feel what what they call the underbelly of of modern life, but mm. same time there's also the the bright side of it. And it all depends on how you want to look at it. Really. Understood. Is this why uh, films like it, or you know, stories storylines <laughs> like it, kind of uh, resonate with you because of that underlying message of hope in the darkness? You know, I mean, like uh, you know, banding together to defeat evil is a metaphor for just uh, never giving up in the face of evil. I suppose that that's probably part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I I I, uh, I cannot think of a better way to end this episode yeah, than on yeah, that last uh, yeah that last uh, quote from attorney uh, yeah. it seems like such a perfect way to summarize everything hmm. um uh Aaron uh, do you know do you want us to to want us to, to do our uh, wrap up yeah sure uh so what we usually do when we wrap up is we have our last few words about the movie wow we went so far completely forgot this was about the horror film but i like where it went so any last things to say about the movie so i guess i will start i really really enjoyed the 2017 remake of it considering i was such a huge fan of the original tv movie um it was it was still scary it it was i i kind of regretted watching it by myself but i really enjoyed it so that is mine okay i'll go next um, really quickly, I'm uh, I'm I'm a very big Stephen King fan. Uh, huge fan of the book. Huge fan of the movie. Um, if if you do have the time and the patience, uh, please download. Uh, well, if I don't know if it's legal, but uh, find a way to get yourself a copy of the book book cut of of it. It's very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, um, like attorney said, you know uh, what what uh, really resonates with me uh, with stories like this are are really uh, just you know banding together to to defeat evil um mm. which is something we should do here in the philippines at some point 
But uh, <laughs> <laughs> agree, though, agree, agree. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, I'm, I yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's really. I mean, everyone I'll, knows how much of a fan I am. So please, I'll, let me go. I'll go next. Then so Tony can wrap it up. Like for me, <laughs> like I enjoyed the movie because it was a summer coming of age movie, which is one of my favorite genres. Nah, parang got wrapped up. Para it just got. Got got wrapped in this like uh, horror scenario, but uh, as a guy who saw the sequel also, parang I liked how it art like I liked what happened to these people, these kids. I uh, parang I enjoyed uh, finding out what happened to them as adults. So I kind of it makes me want to read the book. In other words, uh, and I guess if I did, there might be hope in there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I've seen a lot of, of movies from Stephen King books, and I think it is one of them that really captured the, the essence of the book. I can think of uh, just a few others that uh, would be comparable, maybe The Shining, if mm. you want to. And I really can't wait. I, I hope that uh, some real good director comes up with a new version of The Stand, because I, I would love to watch that. Ooh. in the movie house. Oh, uh, oh, uh, um, uh, attorney, uh, the the mini a mini series just came out last year of the stand. Mini series, mini series, yeah. It's a, there's an eight episode mini series that came out last year. It's a uh, it's pretty good. Uh, you you might want to check it out. Oh, if, I should. If you really uh-huh. like it. Yeah, I look that up. Well, thank okay, you, is, thank you. Well, before you finally go, is there something you'd like to promote, or let's say, is there something you wanna push forward or talk about before we, like, any of your advocacies? Yes, well, uh, a lot of people really have questions about the law, so I, I mm. have on my Facebook page a what we call a free legal help desk. So if anyone has anything they want to know that's legal in nature, you can just go to my FB page. Um, you know, click uh, send message, and we have a team that uh, answers your questions. And so, anything that has to do with uh, quarantine regulations, labor, family, property, whatever it is that's legal in nature, we'll, we'll try to help you. Thank you, attorney. That's so helpful. Fantastic. Okay. All right. And just one last question, attorney, really quick: Is there something that you can say for the young people who need hope? Um, it's yeah. a worldwide thing, so maybe if you have uh, an insight that you'd like to share. Well, first of all, always remember to love yourself. I mean, we, we have to take care of our health, not just physically, but uh, mentally. And second, um, never lose hope because uh, hope is really what gives us energy to change what we feel should be changed in the world. And there's so much that you can do as um, as a young person to make this uh, world a better place. All right. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for agreeing to do this episode with us. We're very excited. We're very, we're very excited. <laughs> thank you as well. It's it it an you, absolute sir. honor to yeah. have you on. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thanks. It was thank a lot of fun. Much. Have a good night. Thank you so much, sir. Take care. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Brought to you by Big Baby Studios.